Welcome to the Ghosty Girls podcast. I am so excited about this episode. I mean, I feel like I say that every week. I'm excited about every episode. Um, (laughs) But this is episode 10. And I feel like that's kind of a big deal. Like, hey, we made it to 10 episodes. Right? It's kind of like our our point to get to whenever we first start. We're like, if we can just do 10, we'll be like on it. And here it, we are. Exactly. <laughs> so how has your week been? Pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm still kind of noticing tensions high. And, you know, it could be, again, the quarantine, like we say every week. But I don't know. I had a weird dream last night. And. I started thinking everyone's tensions are high because there's something in the house. And that was kind of like the essence of the dream. And when I woke up, I remember thinking, I've got to go through the house. There is no more stalling. I just have to do it because everybody's personality has changed. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of a sign. I've got to stop putting it off and just do it. So that's my plan for this evening. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I feel like we say this all the time, but sometimes it really takes like a dream or something really happening and shoving it in your face for you to do it. I, I actually spent my mother's day going through our house (laughs) because I just knew that whatever was here was causing havoc And, you know, when tensions are high, it's feeding off of that and it's not going to make anything better. So I'm like, okay, I told my husband, why don't you take the kids for a drive for like, till I text you (laughs) and (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Yeah. I'll let you know when it's good to come back. And so they did, I'm like, everybody come back in, like project that good energy and just try to let all that negativity go and so yeah it's been better this week well that's good yeah, yeah my, my middle one he he never really sees anything and he goes hey mom I just want to tell you something weird that happened I'm like okay and he was in his room and directly across the hall he can see his little brother's room and I guess the door was shut and the light was on but his brother was upstairs playing video games and he saw a shadow underneath the door. So he's like, I knew it was a cat because you know that he wasn't in there. So he calls him down. He's like, Hey, you better open your door. The cat's in there. And so he goes in there and he's like looking under the bed and in the closet, he goes, there's no cat. And my middle one's like, no, there has to be a cat. There has to be a cat. I watched something walk under, like, by your door. And yeah. he goes, it was the weirdest thing. I've never had that happen. I'm like, well, oh. You have pretty, like, consistently had something in your house that mimics cats, right? Yes. Yes. And it was kind of weird because I started thinking back. And... You know, we go to Nevada, like Virginia City, Carson City, a lot. And I never really believed in what they call like skinwalkers or wendigos. And and I just started thinking that's that's Indian territory, Indian land. You know, you hear all the lures over there. And 
what if something followed us back because it's known to mimic and it, we've had that in our house where it's mimicked me or my husband and it never fails. It mimics the cats. So I don't know, maybe something you know, we know not to bring stuff back with us as mm-hmm. far as like rocks or anything like that, because we oh, yeah. made that mistake before, but I don't know. The last time we visited was a little uneasy and um, had some major experiences and maybe something did follow us back because it seems like around that time this started happening. So I don't know what I'm dealing with. I know I've got to go through tonight. So my Saturday night is going to be prayers and getting exactly cleanse that house you know it's so funny that you talked you're talking about not bringing any rocks or anything home because over the summer we took a family vacation to utah and so we're going to these national parks and it's like these beautiful red rocks and you know, my kids are finding all these cool rocks and I'm like the paranoid mom, you know, I'm like, put it down. (laughs) Don't, don't touch that. That's not coming home. Get it out of your pocket. You know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I never really believed in that until we did bring something home and oh my gosh, we brought more than that item home so I was like never again nobody we go out and the kids are like looking like you said like through rocks and stuff and I'm like you can look don't you touch you know I don't know if I would call myself like a superstitious person yeah but I feel like there's always a little bit of truth to those things that you hear. And, you know, when you have the experiences that we have had, you really can't rule things out because you don't know for sure. Right. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. It's just better not to do it. Exactly. Better safe than sorry. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I watched the coolest show And I was so excited about it. I know I texted you to see if you watched it, but I just wanted to share with the listeners because, I mean, I feel like if you're listening to this, you probably like creepy horror stuff too. Um, But they redid Creep Show and made it into a TV show. And it's so good. Did you have a chance to watch it? I have not. I have not. And I didn't get to watch that growing up. So I'm excited. I want to see the older version first and then look at the newer version. So I grew up loving it. I probably was like about five when Creep Show 2 came out. And I would stay home with my dad, you know, during, well, a little earlier than that, I would stay home with my dad during the day. So a lot of times I would just watch whatever he was watching for better or worse. <laughs> and so I remember creep show too and loving it. And I thought, Oh, I'm going to let my son, my youngest son, who's eight, watch it with me. Cause I didn't remember it being bad or anything like that. And yeah. usually like, I'll be the one I'll look up like the parents guide before yeah. I put something on because I want to see like, is there sex? Is there nudity? Like how many times am I going to have to say, get out of the room while I fast forward through <laughs> 20 <around>. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes of a movie. Yeah. But I didn't do that this time. Cause I'm like, no, it's fine. I I'm pretty sure it's fine. So creep show two has like just three short, not short, but three stories in it. 
And so the first one I remembered. And then the second one, I was like, ooh, this one seems not appropriate. So I fast forwarded through that whole one. But the third one was always my favorite. So I'm letting him watch it. And it just has all these like sexual innuendos, all these jokes. I'm like, how did I watch this as a kid? Because I I don't think the kids freak out on it as much as we do. Because we, like, when they're that little, they don't really understand or know. But you know what I mean? Like, your dad is probably sitting there cringing, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't let her watch this. And you thought nothing of it, right? (laughs) Exactly. I was just, like, laughing at the blood and the guts. And I had... (laughs) You're such a weirdo. (laughs) I I know. I know. It's terrible. But so I ended up letting him watch it. And then we started watching the new TV show. So I'm excited for you to watch it. I think it's really good. I like that they're remaking it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it. It looks good. I kind of looked through, you know, Google and stuff to see what it was about. But I didn't take the chance to go do that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So, you know, each episode has two stories in it. So that first episode, like, that first story I didn't totally dig, but the second one I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. (laughs) It just gives you, like, that creepy, like, Halloween vibe. Oh, I love that. Exactly. That's, like, my favorite holiday. So I feel like everybody just needs that right now. (laughs) (laughs) They need a little creepiness in their life. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Maybe so, I'll, maybe I'll take a peek today. That way, I get all the creepiness out, and then when I go through my house, it'll be fresh and clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of creepiness, I have an awesome story, and we're gonna do something a little different on this episode. I know. I I looked up the story briefly, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally understand why you were drawn to it. Yes. <laughs> So today we are going to talk about one of my favorite haunted places, one of the most interesting stories to me, and we're going to see what everybody thinks about it. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So imagine this. You're a 50-year-old heart surgeon and professor of cardiology at USC. You're married to a beautiful 42-year-old woman, Lillian. You have three children, Judy, 18, Joel, 13, and Debbie, 11. You live in a gorgeous 5,050-square-foot, 1925 Spanish-style mansion atop Mm -hmm. a hill in L.A. It has a sprawling floor plan with a library and ballroom and four master bedrooms and even servants' quarters. I mean, you pretty much have it all, and your name is Dr. Harold Perelson. Your home, located at 2475 Glendower Place, will soon be known as the Los Feliz Murder House. Mm. Creepy. (laughs) On the morning of December 6th, 1959, just before 5 o'clock in the morning, Dr. Perelson wakes up and grabs a ball-peen hammer hitting his wife over the head while she slept in bed. According to the coroner reports, he hit her so hard he left an inch-wide hole in her skull. But the terror didn't end there. He then turned his attention to his children. He walked through the ensuite bathroom and into his daughter's bedroom, starting with his oldest daughter, Judy, 
and swung the ball-peen hammer, striking her in the head. She survived the blow, but not before letting out a blood-curdling scream. She had awakened to see her father standing above her with a bloody hammer. Don't kill me, she screamed, loud enough that it actually woke the neighbors. In a low voice, he said to her, lay still, keep quiet. Mm. Oh my God, that was so chilling. When she was able, Judy ran out to the street, banging on the doors of her neighbors and screaming. She banged on the windows of her neighbor Sherry Lewis's house with her bloody hands, but no one answered. Finally, neighbor Marshall Ross opened the door and together they called the police. Judy ended up being treated for a skull fracture at L.A. General Hospital. Meanwhile, Debbie, the youngest child, woke up and went into her sister's bedroom to investigate the screams that she could hear. Go back to bed. This is a nightmare, her father told her, with blood still dripping from his hammer as he walked away. Debbie and her brother Joel ran down to the first floor, obviously knowing something was wrong. Neighbor Marshall Ross decided he didn't want to wait for the police to arrive to check on the younger kids, so he walked inside the home and saw that the kids were down on the first floor. He started to walk up the stairs and actually came face to face with Dr. Perelson. He told him, go home, don't bother me, and turned to walk up to the bathroom. He ended up mixing a large amount of nembumatol, which is also known as pentobarbital, an anticonvulsant and sedative, with water, and swallowed 31 tranquilizer pills, which are assumed to be codeine. Fifteen minutes later, the police arrived on the scene, and he was laying on a blood-covered pillow, barely breathing. By the time the ambulance arrived, he would be dead. On his nightstand, they found a copy of the book, Dante's Divine Comedy. And the passage it was open to is actually pretty chilling. It says, Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a forest dark, for the straightforward path had been lost. I, I didn't even know where to begin with this story. Like, Well, the story doesn't end here. Oh, no, you found more. So it's more than I read. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go on. Go on. So what went wrong? How did the picture-perfect family... The picture-perfect home turned into a nightmare suicide. Well, in 1938, Dr. Perelson had begun working on a patent for a medical device that would outfit a syringe to inject substances from small glass capsules, which would make injections safe and sanitary. And in 1948, he struck a deal, a verbal deal, with Edward Shustak to get it going. They wanted to get it market ready, and they had agreed that they would go 50-50 on all the profits. But after 11 years of working on it together, Shoestack tried to cut Harold out of the deal and steal his design. Well, he wasn't going down without a fight, so Perelson took him to court and battled for two years to try to collect $100,000 in damages, which is equal to about a million dollars now. Harrelson ended up buried in legal fees and was only awarded $24,000. Harold and Lillian had already poured more than $31,000 into this invention, so it was a complete and total loss. And the family continued to be struck by bad luck, literally. 
Judy was driving with the children in her father's Oldsmobile one day, and they were hit by another car. Again, Perelson went back to court, suing the other driver for damages and medical expenses. All three children had sustained injuries. He won barely enough to cover the medical expenses. The family who had once had a bright future was starting to suffer many financial woes. And although no one knows for sure, all we can do is speculate how the stress and financial pressure placed on Perelson caused him to snap. Now, what about that house? The beautiful 1920 Spanish home on two thirds of an acre. Well, it remained untouched and unoccupied for almost 60 years. Oh my gosh. 60 years? It was never sold or? Well, in 1960, after the children had been taken into custody of Lillian's family, the two younger kids moved to the East Coast and the home was sold in a probate sale in 1960 um, to Emily and Julian Enriquez. And they used it to store some of their belongings. Neighbors would see them bringing in boxes here and there, but they never stayed the night. All the belongings that belonged to the Perelson family stayed in the house. And people that had gone in and peeked through would see things like um, a Christmas tree with wrapped presents and just like really creepy things that led you to believe that those items had belonged to the Perelson family and nothing had been touched since then. And it's true that the Perelson family's things did stay in the house. But there's another rumor that because the Perelsons were Jewish, obviously they didn't have a Christmas tree, um, Mm -hmm. that Emily and Julian Enriquez had briefly rented the house out when they had first purchased it and that the Christmas tree belonged to those short-term renters and that on the one-year anniversary of the the attack, they were scared and they fled in the middle of the night, leaving all their things behind. That's weird. So that's a rumor, but I mean, still creepy. You wonder, there has to be something because if Emily and Julian never moved in and there's a Christmas tree and the Perelsons are Jewish and they didn't have a Christmas tree, like it came from somewhere. Oh my goodness. So in 1994, Rudy Enriquez inherited the house from his parents after they passed away and he never stayed in the house he never changed the decor he would tell people he had no interest in spending the night there people would ask him you know what do you think about the fact that everyone says this house is so spooky and he's like eh the only thing spooky here is me he's like just say your prayers day and night you'll be fine (laughs) so what yeah, he he didn't give, you know, much thought into it, but he also never stayed there. Well, so, I've never heard of anybody just buying a house to store their stuff. Like, why wouldn't you buy a storage? Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why buy a house and just put exactly. things in? So the neighbors seen many people venture to the property, obviously, either to paranormal investigators who are interested mm-hmm. or just you know, teenagers or people looking to break in. I mean, they've seen hookers, squatters, weirdos trying to have picnics there. And they've what? seen it all. I know. Can you imagine? Side no. note. Mm-mm. Can you imagine if you're a hooker 
why would you take somebody that I'm just saying? <laughs> I, I would just be like, this is not what I'm looking for. You would go there, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. It's so I, funny that you brought that up. You're right, though. Like, why? To a murder yeah. house. As the client, I would be like, this is not what I paid for. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be going home with some kind of attachment. What's happening? <laughs> That's worse than a sexual transmitted disease. I'm saying. <laughs> I would. I don't know. That's way more than I would have bargained for, for sure. <laughs> okay. So um, there are all kinds of reports, though, of people having different paranormal experiences. They've heard screams, moans, and they've heard a woman screaming no, um, mm. mystery footsteps, seeing orbs, and the creepiest, but I think the coolest one, is a report of, well, many reports of a woman standing in the upstairs window, gazing out and then disappearing. Oh, weird. I wonder, like, you wonder how, I understand, like, the financial stuff got to him, the stress. I get that. But I would be interested to see, like, the background on the land or, like, did they build this home or did they, like, how, where did that come from? Um, it would be interesting because what led that man to murder his family? I mean, we all go through financial trouble, but, I mean, that seems a little excessive to me, right? Well, there is more, but let me finish the story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, you have all kinds of surprises today. So the house didn't change hands again until 2016. It was sold in probate for $2.3 million. What? All of the family's belongings were removed prior to this sale. So finally, in 2016, they removed all of the belongings. The house was sold to True TV personality Lisa Bloom, and she and her husband ended up stripping the house down to the studs and putting it back up to sale for sale in 2019 for three and a half million. So they claim that the permits and the property needing too much work is the reason for the sale. But I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. The Los Feliz murder house is still for sale and it can be yours for the small price tag of 2.5 million. Would you buy oh, it? Never. Never, never. Mm -mm. Sorry, I, like I said, I there's got to be more to that story. I I would hate not just that you know that family and what happened there is there, but there had to have been something else in that house that kind of pushed him over the edge. So I would not put myself in that position. So uh, there's a couple, you know, other things, obviously, like no one knows everything for fact that happened to this family, you know, and right. so some of this stuff is speculative, but there are a few different theories and rumors and things based on fact. And one of that, those things was that they said, Dr. Perelson kept having, um, heart attacks and, so I guess they found out after doing the autopsy that all those heart attacks that he was having mm -hmm. were actually due to failed suicide attempts. 
What? He, he had continued to try and take this strong drug to kill himself and it didn't work. And so every time that it wouldn't work, you know, he would have a heart attack or whatever. And that's what it was from. This guy was a doctor. He was a cardiologist. Like Exactly. How do you have failed attempts? <laughs> well, apparently I mean- <laughs> he did. Which is why he mixed those drugs and then proceeded to take those 31 tranquilizer pills because he's like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm sure going to die this time. And wow, he made sure that he was really going to end it. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the turmoil that he had been going through for years? I can't. Also, they had said researchers, interviewers, people that have really dived into things and and were able to get copies of, like, the coroner's reports and things like that, um, had said that it's possible that his wife was trying to get him admitted into a mental hospital. Mm. And they were trying to do it quietly and discreetly so that, you know, after he was treated – for depression, he wouldn't lose his job. He would still be able to return back. Um, And so that also could have been, you know, the catalyst for this is him being upset at his wife for wanting to have him committed. Yeah. That makes a good motive. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine if your, your husband came to you and said, look, I think you need to be admitted You'd be a little frustrated. Now, back in that time, I don't know if things were different. Maybe the wife was not to be subjective over her husband, but I don't know. I think that could tick him off, but enough to kill her? I mean, you're talking about the 50s. So, like, weren't they still doing shock therapy and things like that? Yeah, that's true. And being a doctor, he'd probably know what he would go through. Yeah. He probably thought he would lose everything. But, I mean, he was trying to kill himself. I mean. On on his terms. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can't say, like, the financial part wouldn't be enough. Because I think you see people today even that, you know, commit suicide based over things like that. I think it has to do more with like the mental place that you're in. And sometimes people don't see a way out. And clearly he had some issues if he was willing to take his family out as well. Well, that's, that's another question I have is that he went after his daughter. I read that she was 18, Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't touch the younger ones. No, he didn't. He ended. And this is, I think, he realized, well, he had tried to kill his oldest daughter and she survived the blow and he wasn't going to do that. Like, you know, maybe yeah. reality kind of set in with him and he's like, whoa, no, I, I can't go after the two young ones. Mm. Creepy though, right? That is creepy. That is really creepy. I mean, I understand him, you know, being in that mindset, wanting to take his own life. Maybe even his wife, if you, like you say, maybe she was trying to get him admitted and he was fighting back but the children there's just not a reason for him wanting to attack his 18 year old I don't understand that part of it you know yeah I totally get it I mean 
listen, there is no reason for murder suicide ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's you're right. But I mean, like, there are circumstances you've seen in other stories where, you know, the wife is killed and then he kills himself. But exactly. I don't know that it takes a different kind of person to go after children, I guess. It does. It does. So there are some people that were able to get inside the house and actually investigate and take photos before all of the belongings were removed. Those photos are really cool and creepy. And so we will definitely share those to our Instagram at ghosty girls. Um, you'll want to check them out. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that you know, you have this beautiful home, which they bought for $60,000. And in that what? time, that, that was equivalent to about a half a million dollars that they spent on this house. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, you have just this perfect house and you've got this perfect little family. And yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That is a creepy story. And the fact that the house just stayed empty for so long. Yeah. That nobody had interest in it. And then someone buys in halfway through is like, um, no. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful house. We were asking more money for it than what they purchased it for. So, you know, that's kind of weird too. I don't know. Good luck to the next person that purchases it. It's like, um, I think you might want to just demo it and start over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what some of the neighbors had said. Like, they had tried to keep up on the property over the years, you know, put up a chain link, um, you know, chain across the driveway so that people wouldn't get up there or try to repaint things. But, you know, basically it's a throwaway house now. Yeah. Because no one's taken care of it for so long. So sad. It is. It's a beautiful house, but yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to stay there. Yeah, I couldn't get away from what happened there. That would be very difficult. Yeah. Because you know, both you and I feel things and walking into that house, if those spirits are still there, can you imagine feeling that depression and just suicidal thoughts? And I I wouldn't want to put myself in that position for that ghost influence. No. Heck no. No. And like you said, if it is the land, like what if whatever yeah. was on the land? Um, yep. No, thank you. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I wouldn't buy it for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could buy it for a dollar and then sell it for two and a half million? I would not want to be responsible for handing it over to the next victim. <laughs> <laughs> If I could no, buy I it for a dollar, I'd probably demolish it. <laughs> uh, you could probably demolish it and then yeah. sell the land for a lot of money. That's true. LA. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so funny to me because I think like about real estate and, you know, it's got to be a hot commodity to live up there in yeah. these hills. And you're telling me nobody's nobody bought that house. Yep. There's something. And the fact that, you know, that family never stayed the night. Something had to have happened to scare them enough, not even to try to seek help, but just to walk away. Or the family, you know, supposedly had rented it. Like they left all their belongings. 
something something really big has to happen for you to run away and not even say hey there's something going wrong let's try to fix it like just to leave and not look back so I wonder oh so creepy it is that was a good story I know so that's kind of like I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but I think I would want to maybe investigate. I think that would be cool. Just go in with, like, your guard up and protection around you. Um, It would be interesting to see what spirits you got. And, you know, with squatters and people coming in and out, you never know. Like, the house may have already had a negative vibe to it, but when people are allowed into places where they shouldn't be, they do some crazy things in there, especially oh, yeah. with this type of background. So you never know what additional things they have called there. So it would be interesting to investigate to see what is in there or if you could even figure out if it was a problem before they even built the house. That would be cool. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people had tried doing seances yeah. or using Ouija boards. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah. It's probably a totally different vibe from when it first started. Oh, yeah. I mean, the murders were bad, but it's probably way worse now. Ugh. Mm-mm. I'm good. <laughs> if you want to go, I'll go with you, but don't bite off more than you could chew. <laughs> Are they opening it up at all for people to investigate? Like, can you reach out to someone to investigate no. it? No. And if you want to buy it, it's cash sale only. Oh, well, let me just, you know, reach in my back pocket. You said 2.5 mil? I know, Correct. right? That's what you, the two and a half mil you've been saving for a rainy day. I know. I should just go and by just the house. Go buy this murder house. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, see, I think it's going to end up being empty and they're probably going to end up having to just demo it. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't live there walking through the house knowing they took those steps in their last breath. I just couldn't. No, I'm good. I mean, it would be cool to at least drive by. It would be. I I would even be down to investigate, but not live there. Because let's say, okay, let's say you got all the spirits out, you cleanse the house, you get the energy right in there. There's still the memory nagging at you at what happened in that house. And can you really keep stuff out with your mind always going back to what had happened in that house? You know, you know that negative thing happened and you dwell on that because, I mean, you can't get it out of your head. Am I standing in the room where she died? Like, so yeah. I, I don't know. I it's a big challenge. Bless so, that goes up there. One of the funny things is that when I was reading, you know, the research on this house and finding out the story, there were a couple articles on like um, real estate websites, and they were talking about the house, and they said, you know, due to California's law, if the murder was longer than three years ago, you don't have to report it. So. What? And I'm thinking like, okay, so they're not going to tell people that there was a murder in this house. You think that people are not going to know? Right? 
How okay. pissed would you be if you bought a house and then the neighbor comes up and they're like, do you know that you just moved into the Los Feliz murder house and <laughs> it has been empty for 60 years? Oh, my gosh. And there's no returns. <laughs> I would be so mad. I would. But think about it. That's every house in California then. Like, if you're going to buy a house, you better do research. They could just stand there and lie to you. That's so creepy. (laughs) I mean, not every house has had a murder in it. No, but they don't have to tell you either. So you better dive in and make sure. I mean, isn't (sighs) it it a law they have to tell you it's haunted? (laughs) What if they don't know? Oh, come on. Like, really? They they know every inch of the house. You can't tell me that they don't do the research and find out that every family's moved out because of a haunting. Like, I thought it was a law that if it had spiritual activity, they had to relay that to you. I don't know. I'm not sure I've heard that, but I don't know. If they only have to tell you if the murder's recent, then maybe not. I'm going to look into this haunted house law because (laughs) that is interesting. And I thought, like, if you move in and you find out that it's haunted and it wasn't told to you that you have, like, 30 days or something, I thought for sure I'd heard something like that. Oh. Okay. So I looked it up. And according to Civil Code 1710.2D, if a buyer directly asks a seller is required to tell the truth about deaths, hauntings, or paranormal activity on the subject property. Huh. Everyone, this is your PSA. If you are buying a home, you need to directly ask the seller. Has anyone died? Were there any murders? And is, is it haunted? Got it. I'm going to put that on my list. Right. Oh, that is so sad that we have come to this, that we have to have a civil code (laughs) to make people tell the truth. (laughs) I mean, you know, like you've seen those movies, they're not going to offer up that information. They want to get the hell rid of that house. Yeah, and make as much money as they possibly can. They're like, is it haunted? No, no, (laughs) never seen nothing in my life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So... I have a question for you. Yes. When this whole thing is over and we can finally venture out back together outside in the real world and investigate again, where are some places you want to go? I've been thinking about this and I have a couple local ones that I know I could get you to, but the one like my dream I don't know. I may be able to drag you into a car and like make you go because I ain't going to fly. You know that. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Road <it's>, trip. <laughs> yay. It's Montana State Prison. Okay. And prisons are always like you get the same activity. You have like slamming doors, disembodied voices, you know, orbs, noises you can't explain. But this one is kind of unique. Um, you, They do have biting and scratching in this facility Um, and I know and it was a men and women's facility but it was kind of like more so for the men 
So the women like would not get to go outside because if they went outside, they would be confronted with the men. So the women were more like confined, right? So men that visit the women's area, they'll get pinched, touched inappropriately. They'll hear voices. Um, but what I thought was extremely interesting about this prison is that these spirits will not be ignored. So for me, like whenever I get worried or nervous about something, I try to just ignore it, walk on and try to get my head around it before I approach it. And in this building, you can't do that because once you start ignoring it, it gets worse. So you have to full on address it throughout the facility to not receive bites and scratches. So I think that would be a very interesting investigation it would definitely test your skills because you can't just ignore what you see or hear um would you be down to go (laughs) (laughs) would i be down to go and be pinched and touched inappropriately by ghosts (laughs) i will have to think about that well i don't know maybe the women are touched by the men ghosts but i don't know i just thought it would be like a really good test for investigators because you know it's when you're in the pitch dark and you're trying to investigate it's hard to ignore things but I think you and I have kind of learned if you can't handle it at that moment pretend it didn't happen until you can wrap your head around it and you couldn't do that in this facility so I think it would be a really cool test of your ability um calm and address it I would be down to do it as long as it wasn't like a lockdown situation. Like you can't get out? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think a ghost has ever killed anybody. No. I mean, not instantly. I mean, over time, you know, you have a question and all that. But I think you would be fine with a locked door on this place. (laughs) I'm just talking about being spiritually overwhelmed, you know, having (laughs) just too much coming at me. I might need to go outside. (laughs) And just breathe. But I know what you mean. Like, I've been to Alcatraz. And so. Oh, you're jumping on my list, weirdo. Oh, okay. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Wait, you've been there. So have you done a ghost investigation or just to visit? No, I just went there to visit, like, with my family. What did you get, like, feeling-wise? I mean, I know back then you probably didn't recognize it. But, like. It was weird and it was kind of just I don't know it just felt gross hmm because that's on my list like we can actually get there yeah you know so that that was actually top of my list because they have everything that you can think of when you start talking paranormal activity slamming doors footsteps they hear moaning and screams um smell of smoke which is interesting it was a prison so that was like the hot commodity and you know i always smell things yes and there are visions of al capone there and you can still hear him playing a banjo there are reports of banjo music which is kind of so creepy i know people oh my gosh i love it People get outbursts of anger and sadness, which, you know, when you think of a prison, that's exactly the feelings you would imagine, anger and sadness. Um, But what's really cool, and I didn't know until I really started looking into it, is that the Miwok Indians never liked that island. 
and they considered it a gathering place for evil spirits. So you already have the land that is known to have, you know, evil spirits, according to legend. And then you build a prison and you add all that energy to it. Mm-hmm. I would love to investigate that on a night investigation. Like that is my bucket list. That's so pretty good. The other one that I found is, and I go down there quite often, but um, I've never even heard of it until I started looking into it. Uh, haunted places is the mission San Miguel. So it was sold to the Reed family for $250. That was it. And they turned it into this bed and breakfast. And at this time it was like gold rush height. Right. So all they charged was gold. And within a few years, uh, the Reed family had a small fortune of only, you know, $200,000 back in that time was crazy amount. And he buried it on the property. And so happened a few years later that there was a band of pirates <laughs> that stayed at the mission and they overheard that there was $200,000 worth of gold buried on this land. So they went on a killing spree. They murdered everybody in the mission. It was said to about 10 to 13 people, I think I read, uh, were killed. And they went in search of this buried treasure. They never found it. So it's said to still be on that property, $200,000 worth of gold in that time. So I can only imagine what it would be worth now. Um, Wow. It's extremely haunted. Uh, They see a lady in white, which they suppose to be Miss Reed, and a man in blue, who they assume to be Mr. Reed. But there's disembodied screaming, voices, slamming doors, footsteps, I just think that would be really cool to go see. Um, You have a murder, you know, it'd be like investigating the Las Feliz murder house. Um, So those feelings of sadness and everything might be overwhelming, but I just think it's kind of a cool story that, you know, possibly there's gold buried on that land. Like how cool would that be to go there and just investigate and, and see if you could feel where it was at? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be very cool. I would love that. So that is my list. And quite honestly, I am terrified to hear yours. Because <laughs> you are <laughs> quite weird and creepy. So I'm buckled up. Tell me what your bucket list is. Okay. So I'm going to start local and then I'm going to build to ultimate. Okay. So my first one would be the McConaughey house in Hayward, California. Um, Now this is on my list for a couple of reasons. One, it's a Victorian era farmhouse that is basically completely intact Mm. from when it was built. And two, I have been there on a field trip (laughs) with my son and the second I walked into that house, the top of my head started tingling. I mean, I mm-hmm. could feel things immediately. So, you know, we had, we've done a walkthrough with a class and gotten background and history 
um, on the house. And I know that someone has died in the house. I know that someone's died on the property. So it, it has a lot of things going on there. Um, they do paranormal investigations there a couple times a year. They actually do like an overnight, not like you spend the whole night, but you go from like 7 p.m. to like 3 in the morning. Oh, okay. So it'd be pretty cool to do it. Um, I, I don't know. I just had like totally an eerie feeling. Um, when I saw the staircase inside this house mm. and come to find out when they had the big earthquake in, I think 1910, right? Was the San Francisco earthquake. I could be totally wrong here. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with it. I barely passed history, so I have no clue. Sorry. <laughs> so when they had the big earthquake, the bricks from the fireplace actually fell through the skylight in the house mm. and landed onto the stairs. And there was like this whole thing, like the roof started to cave in and fell onto the stairs. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's why I had this feeling about the stairs. Like they were just, it was just a bad feeling. Oh, I don't know. Weird. I just feel like we would get a lot from there. Yeah, that would be cool. And it's local. I would just, and, it's, and they do, you said they do investigations every couple months or like couple a year. But they do like a few times a year. Yeah. Like, like I would maybe every two months by myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. like me and you, it's you and I have been on ghost tours with a group and it's, difficult because ghost hunters usually use their equipment which is a great tool we use some of those as well but they take everything at face value and it's really hard when they're yelling out and they're like we're on to it this is what it is and you're standing there and you're feeling it and you can in your mind see the spirit and you're getting a totally different message how do you tell a group of people no you're wrong you know, your, your device may be yelling out this word, but you're wrong. So it's, mm -hmm. it's hard for you and I to go with a group of people. I would love for us just to be able to go by ourselves and get the true, honest feeling from any place we investigate. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and you know, we might be able to set that up, you know, once this thing is lifted. <laughs> so my next one is Bodie State National Park. Yes. Bodie, California. It is an actual ghost town. It's about 75 miles southeast of Lake Tahoe, and it's from the Gold Rush era. And they have more than 100 structures that still remain and supposed spirits of prospectors. I mean, you can just just to be able to walk into those structures again mm -hmm. would be so cool. Also, my husband has been there before. So have I. And so he's told me about it and I've always wanted to go there. It is the most chilling experience because you're walking through what was left and there are definitely spirits there. I, I can guarantee you that it would be so amazing to actually go on an investigation and be able to go through the buildings. 
because when I was there, you know, it was just daytime, tons of people. So it's hard to really pinpoint energies, but it was creepy, eerie feelings going up to the buildings. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited that's on your list. I would that be so fun. You. Yes. Okay. So my final one would be the LaLaurie mansion in new Orleans. Oh my gosh. New Orleans. Can you imagine the whole town is haunted? The whole town is, but this mansion, she was Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie was a socialite. And so she had, you know, this beautiful mansion in the French quarter And she'd have people, you know, on the first floor, like with food and champagne and throwing parties. And on the two floors above, there was basically horror going on upstairs. Like Mm. the, in 1834, the police had responded to a kitchen fire at her mansion and they discovered bodies of horribly mutilated slaves in the Mm. attic. And so once the public figured out what was happening there a mob of pissed really pissed off people stormed the house and she fled to france oh my gosh but after that people would claim that they could hear phantom screams in the dead of night and she actually um, was the inspiration for kathy bates character on american horror story coven oh my gosh no yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool to do. That would be really, really cool. Also creepy because that's like mm-hmm. grotesque. But. Well, and the fact that it's New Orleans, like there's a lot of voodoo and hoodoo and all of that down there. And I mean, for the whole city to be haunted in basically every aspect <laughs> to go into this house where there were, you know, negative intentions. I mean, that, that would take a toll. Yeah. (laughs) It would be a lot. New Orleans has always been on my bucket list. And I think partly because I love history, but also because of the paranormal aspect of it. Like it would just be amazing to go. I feel like it's a time warp. Yeah. Like, no matter when you go, you're kind of transported to that time. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent agree. I think when you think of most haunted cities, New Orleans and Salem are probably the ones that first pop into your head. Oh, my gosh. I would love to go to Salem. Wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah. Well, but that's we've got to figure drive. out how. Yeah. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. we got to figure out how to get my ass on a plane because... I know we'd have to take so much time off work just to drive. <laughs> so we're going to borrow some tranquilizer pills from Dr. Perelson. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> we're going to get you all liquored up. That doesn't work. Then- I've tried that. I mean, I know we've talked about this before. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And I know that I'm either going to be in the air on an airplane or I'm going to choke on a grape, like when it's my time, but I do not know how to tell my body <laughs> that I'm fine. I can in my head be totally, I could be like liquored up and my body goes through reactions. Like I am dying when I even get in the walkway to get onto the plane. Yeah. 
So I, maybe we hypnotism just need, or something. Yeah, I don't know. We just need to blindfold you, put headphones on you, and get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the sight? <laughs> <laughs> We're like, don't mind her. She's fine. No, she she doesn't need anything else to drink. Keep walking. <laughs> She's not kidnapped. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I Meanwhile, know. you're handcuffed. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I, I really, really, really want to get to those big bucket list places. We just that would be very cool. There. The local ones, I'm excited. I know we'll be able to do those. We just have to set them up and we have to get over this stupid quarantine. Yes. COVID, go away already. Right? You've ruined enough things. <laughs> I thought 2020 was supposed to be great. I, you know, it's, it's so weird because... I feel like life kind of stopped after March and honestly, like sometimes I don't even remember what month it is anymore, Mm -hmm. but I'm like feeling like can 2020 just be over already? Like I want to skip this year completely. I'm ready for it to be a new year. Let's get past all this shit. If I just fell asleep and then woke up tomorrow and they're like, it's 2021, you missed a whole year. I'd be like, good riddance. (laughs) So true. So true. I mean, I think the only point. the only thing that I love about this year that I have never loved so much in any ever other year would be being at home with my kids. Because yeah. I wouldn't normally get that. So I am so appreciative of being home with the kids. But other than that, this year sucks. I just yeah. like I said, like I just want to go to bed and wake up let it be 2021. You're right. It would be a dream come true. It really would. And at this point, like, I don't even want to watch the news. Well, I don't watch the news, but I don't want to read the news. I don't want to hear. I'm like, I want to live in a bubble where Mm -hmm. I know nothing. I'm going to stay at home and just, yeah, I don't know. Try and pretend that when I'm inside the house, everything's normal. (laughs) Me too. Me too. And dream about the day that we can go, you know, looking for ghosts. I know. Instead of the ones in our own house. I'm sick of those. Yeah. I've known them enough. I'm done. Yeah. They got to (laughs) go. Well, I think I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we got to share these stories. And I think we. We got some good plans for the future, at least. Yes. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting out of here and actually being able to do a podcast of things we've investigated. We have a couple we can do, and those will be coming pretty soon. Um, yes. But I'm really excited to actually get out there and start investigating again. I just wanted Me to too. hear already. And I'm glad that we also held on to those episodes about the investigations and experiences that we had instead of just recording them right away because we didn't know how bad we really would need them right (laughs) oh my gosh so I just want to remind everyone to please send us your stories your experiences you can email us at podcast at ghostygirls.com you can also leave us a voice message so we would love to hear from you please reach out yes give us some ideas some topics you'd like to hear about and we will customize it for you 
you just have to let us know. Exactly. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, review. Yeah, give us a good one. We, With all the negativity in the world, we cannot handle a negative review. <laughs> if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also follow us on Instagram at Ghosty Girls. We're always posting memes and we're going to throw up those pictures of the Los Feliz murder house. And you know you want to see those. So follow us on Instagram. All right, guys, thank you for being with us and listening and sticking it out through these quarantine months. There's more to come. That's right. We will see you next week. And remember, there there. are no...